Hi, I'm Matt Ward, and welcome to episode 17 of the Running Industry Podcast. It's the brand I wanted to work for. I had the Kimbara when it first came out 12 years ago, and it was my favorite brand as a runner for a long time before I came to this company. A lot of what I say is based on far more than three years of, of working here. In today's podcast, I'll be talking to Gareth Lloyd, the marketing manager for UK and Ireland for Socony, the footwear and apparel brand that builds goodness into every product and has been inviting millions around the world to run for over 120 years. This is also our first brand spotlight episode, which focuses on brands in the running world and how they have made a difference to the running landscape and the industry. Socony was founded in 1898 and have evolved from a local factory in the suburbs of Boston, USA, to now be a global brand. If you're like me and have also struggled a bit with the pronunciation, it's pronounced sock a knee. And we'll find out from Gareth over the next 30 minutes or so how their product designs have always been distinctly Sockany, from the classic jazz born in 1981 through to today's Kinvara and Endorphin shoes. We'll also look into the future and unearth how Sockany sees the future of footwear, sustainability and the running community. In case you hadn't heard, the Running Industry Podcast has now started a weekly news roundup every Wednesday with me, Matt Ward, in addition to our long-form in-conversation episodes and, of course, our new brand spotlight shows. Remember, you can follow us on social media at Run Industry on our website, runningindustrypodcast.com, where you can listen to all the previous episodes and subscribe to future ones. For now, though, on with this week's Brand Spotlight Show, as I talk to Gareth Lloyd from Socony. So, a big thanks for joining me on the Running Industry Podcast today, Gareth Lloyd from Socony. How are you, Gareth? Good, thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. Um, We're coming into March 2021 now. It feels like spring is in the air, and I know that you're down there in London. Um, Lots of runners out there enjoying some sunshine. Um, I read a stat recently that said that since the start of coronavirus pandemic, there have been 7 million new runners. Have you felt that boom a little bit at the Sockney brand this last 12 months? Well, we have to, to a sort of not necessarily a straightforward and obvious level. When when the lockdown first happened, we realised that we uh, mostly sold our shoes through independent specialist sports shops. So you, you go in, you run on a treadmill a bit, you get analysed and obviously those shops were shut. So initially the the lockdown, the pandemic hit us hard. We, we were um, immediately seeing the, the shops closing and cancelling orders. But we also then realised at the same time that running was on a bit of a bit of a boom. And um, yeah, I, I, there's some more stats from Strava that said that They've got uh, they've got nine million members in the UK now. So the the app that records all your runs and your your, your cycles rides, uh, which is about nineteen percent of the adult population. But obviously, we there's a shift, so people have had to accept that trying on shoes is a little bit more difficult, and a shift to digital. Our own uh, website has grown significantly. We've worked hard to support 
our wholesalers, our accounts that sell our shoes, uh, and develop their online business and, and help them there as well. So it's ultimately been okay. And as a as a brand that only focuses on running uh, and doesn't get involved in other sports, it's uh, it's we've been in a good position. And you're the UK and Ireland marketing manager and have been with the brand for three years now. But you've been in the industry for 30 years, maybe, since your first job at a local sports shop back in 1989. You must have seen a number of changes in the products and in the running landscape over the last few decades. Yeah, I started as a Saturday boy in a local sports shop. So I joined a local running club uh, in the early part of that year, 1989, and just was running on a guy who says, I'm going to open up my own sports shop soon. And uh, said, well, can I help? And and, uh, that's how the love for running got further extended. So I realised I didn't just have to do this on a Tuesday and a Thursday night at the club. I could uh, could talk about it all day on a Saturday as well and get paid for it. So um, I think fairly early on, I wanted to work a little bit more in the industry. I went, I did my A-levels, went to university as I thought I should, um, got what I would call it a job that was... Uh, I think I was expected to get in, in sort of in finance and then realised I really, really didn't like it as much as I perhaps should. And it wasn't going to be sustainable. So uh, I ended up being full time at Apex Sports and then I became a partner and then opened my own store in London, which was uh, I, people who'd run their own running shops. It's not a hobby. It's a full time, seven days a week job. It really is everything. I, and I really do admire them. Um and then, you know, when the, when things changed, I wanted, to, again, to see the other side. I wanted a bit more all-round experience. So I've done some jobs with, on the sales side and uh, obviously now into marketing. You've obviously seen, a, um, with Socony being, you know, very much a, you know, footwear brand and, and, as you say, very much a running brand, you must have seen some massive changes in the way that people, I suppose, consume product as well over those years, you know, from when you had your running shop the right way through to now and how it's... I mean, it's changed dramatically, hasn't it? Some things have changed. I think we're still a good running specialist is still serving people in the same similar sort of way. That, you know, looking at feet, looking at ankle, uh, ankle alignment, looking at arch height, looking at toe flexibility, um, and that's developed more. Some of the understanding of where that 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 uh, knowledge goes to has changed a little bit. I do remember. Uh, Nike used to come to our store with a treadmill, which was hugely exciting. And the, and the Nike specialist guy uh, would would help out. And we had uh, other technologies like Adidas foot scan, which is a pressure pad. You sort of ran over it and uh, various colours came up to, to signify uh, where greater pressure was, whether your foot was rotating or pronating uh, or supinating or neutral. So some of the, um, some of the methods are similar that have been developed. Some of the shoes, uh, I mean, in Sockney, we, we the shoes that I was selling when I first started working are now coming back in the fashion range, in the originals, which some of the, the, the younger people that I work with are, are struggling to comprehend that I used to actually run in them. There's a brand new shoe. And I sort of recognise, we've got had those, I had a pair of those. The, the shoes themselves, we've gone through, again, we've gone had um, uh, trends, which come and go so we've, we've had the, the, the massive heel cushioning we've had uh you know shoes that are much stiffer they've become a lot lighter we, we've moved to uh to, to do a lower drop the difference between the height of the heel and the forefoot we went for a while barefoot um mm. which uh 
it was always, it was a very interesting period. Uh, we went to then the, the to, to more land, landing not on your heels, which was encouraged throughout the eighties and nineties, partly by shoe development to the landing more midfoot. And I think we're in at the moment we're in a we're in another new phase with with new technology and uh, in the last two years that's accelerated yet more debate uh, of a slightly different kind about performance. And we will get into that later on, um, talking about, you know, for instance, carbon sole shoes. Um, I'd like to dig into the heart of the Saucony DNA, if I could, uh, Gareth. Tell us a little bit about the history of the brand and how it's evolved over the last century or so. The brand started in 1898, so it's almost as old as the Olympics. And it started yeah, as, a, as a shoe factory uh, in the States. And the history is something that we... We obviously got in in bucket loads, so to speak. So we do celebrate it. We do remember it. Our logo is a depiction of the Saucony River with three boulders that were in the river that ran next to the original factory. Obviously not still there now. Our factory is more on the Far East. But the head office is still in there in, in sort of similar area in Boston. The factory developed in terms of making regular shoes, Running side came in a little bit, obviously much later in the sort of in the seventies, and it was a bit of a sort of uh, a slow starter. But in uh, in nineteen eighty three, we got one tree sort of put on the map. We had a shoe called the Jazz. It won a, a Runners World Award, and we had uh, one of our sponsored athletes, a man called Rod Dixon, winning New York Marathon. But in a in a sort of totally historic way, he he was way behind and then the miles he i remember an interview where he said he was running four four fifty five for a mile in the sort of the 15 16 17 and a Liverpool farmer called jess smith on his debut was just going away from him uh he just goes smith he just ran away from me and what he just he just put his head down and he kept on running and he caught this jess smith right on the 26 mile marker powered past him uh, ran across the line. He stood there with his arms up, looking sort of strong, majestic. And Jess Smith got across the line and collapsed behind him. And it's it's one of the most iconic marathon photos you, we could ever uh, you could ever find. But that launched the brand. The Jazz Shoe uh, made a um, was one of the first volume shoes, volume models that we sold. Um, still remember the triangle lugs on the outsole which were brilliant for grip and all sorts of terrain but great a great cushioning feel as well so the shoe became a, a sort of a bit of a classic which we we still have now we're celebrating 40th anniversary of that shoe we, we introduced um new cushioning first eva midsole which most for, for a number of decades most brands followed with that based on that material we've been the first to uh, reduce again the, the height and some of the shoes get a lower profile uh, and we're at the moment we're developed a new cushioning system called power run which is arguably so with its weight and its feel market leader so we've always been developing we've always been growing uh, the range the product our technology it's always been a very heavily invested area for us you know the running landscape in terms of let's say um, brands you know from all the way from the ones that we know, such as Nike and Adidas. Where does Saucony fit in that, as it were, you know, in terms of, of, of size? Obviously, we're, we're a lot smaller than Nike and Adidas, partly because we're, we're purely a running focus. We've never broadened out into uh, sp- other sports. So, uh, but in the running market, you know, we, we tend to sort of focus more on where we're, um, 
where we rank in terms of uh, as, as a brand in stores. And you know, we move around a little bit, but it's always it's nearly always top three. And that leads in perfectly, really, to my next question, which is you know talking about the other running brands out there, which means that competition is obviously fierce, isn't it, Gareth, when it comes to getting your product in front of runners and consumers, both new and experienced. How do you go about it from a marketing perspective, as that is your field? You know, telling your story, retailing through sports marketing on a global level. Yeah, runners can be fiercely loyal, and uh, I've, I've done it myself. Found a shoe I liked, and nothing's going to deviate me from buying another pair of that updated shoe. But um, we are exposed these days, aren't we? It used to be so simple. It used to be uh, a page and run as well. Would would arguably be the best way to reach so many people, uh, anybody you needed to reach, they'd buy that magazine. Uh, And now you can still do that, but there's also their website. Social media is relatively new uh, that uh, we have a, um, a supporters group for our endorphin shoes with about two and a half thousand people in it and it's nothing to do with us and all they do is talk about three of our shoes that are in our range they are dedicated they are and they can go oh, i bought this again my wife's gonna tell me off bought the new color i really don't need it but i love it so much uh, and we're not behind it in any way it's completely an independent thing that's been set up but those that's that's arguably as influential as some of the things we actually go around doing so social media is clearly very important we have um there's some great ambassadors uh, and athletes like joe Paby, a uh, five-time olympian um we have uh obviously a, a sponsorship like the national cross english national cross country champs uh, we recently started sponsoring what's called the bmc which is the british Miners club so we have you know, representation on the country and the track and then the Run Windsor Festival every September, which uh, their entries have just opened up. So uh, women's only 10K on Saturday and a half marathon on Sunday, which I definitely recommend. All in Windsor, great park, beautiful place to run, um, phenomenal event. So we, we, we are represented across all three, cross country, track and row, all three surfaces. You're recognised within the core of the sport, aren't you? But also... Some people I've spoken to who use your shoes, I didn't necessarily go out there and do a load of um, market research, Gareth, but I know a couple of people who run in your shoes and they're onto their, I don't know, 15th pair or something. They're just, like you say, fiercely loyal. Is there a reason for that? Partly, partly that's, that's what runners are like. Um, a runner's priority is to have a shoe that works. And I think being proud of shoes is, is, is a little bit more of a recent thing. They... Uh, you need something, don't you, that works. It fits your foot. It doesn't cause blisters. It doesn't aggravate any little niggles or any injuries. And if you can get someone into that position, they, they they will just, I mean, they're also very angry if you do change it and it doesn't start working. But so, but um, you get someone in that position who just loves the running so much. It's the, the, the key tool of the trade. Um, then I think that, that we're on to a bit of a winning streak. But we have just obviously extensive testing routines. We have uh, constantly developing our upper materials, our midsole materials, our grip. We're tweaking it. Some people think we change our shoes. We, as the same as any other brand, every 12 months. But 
they're updates. That's that's a year's work that's gone into then a, a new model um, that we want to make the shoe better, lighter, uh, a bit more durable, uh, and just give the runner one less thing to think about when they're running. You're listening to the Running Industry Podcast Brand Spotlight Show with me, Matt Ward, talking to Gareth Lloyd from the Sockany brand. Remember, we've also got a Patreon page, so if you want to help us along the way, we'd be really grateful of any support via Patreon. Links are in the show notes and on the website at runningindustrypodcast.com. Reviews and ratings also help the podcast, so it would be amazing if you could give us a little review or a rating. And of course, make sure that you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Um, concentrating on the products then um, I can remember and you've just talked about it I when I first started running in the 80s I had a pair of Sacconi uh, Shadow I think it was then really popular shoes so a lot of people out in the jazz you've talked about the kind of the way that the shoe was launched through Rod Dixon and so on and so forth through the US today you've got a really big range of shoes from road to trail casual the originals and apparel talk us through some of the highlights Oh, well, I think the endorphin um, shoes, the Pro, which is the race shoe, the Speed, which is a lightweight trainer, and the Shift, which is our everyday shoe. Um, it leads the way. It's created uh, a lot of brand heat. It's, uh, in some respects, it's it surprised us because we've never had the, the Pro is a, is a 190 pound racing shoe. We, we've never had a shoe at that price point, let alone something that's relatively niche. Our best-selling shoes are still, as well, what we call the, the classics. I wouldn't like to say they're the, the Volkswagen Golf of running shoes, but uh, a shoe like the Ride, we're just about to launch the, the 14th version of that, uh, is, is just a does-everything kind of shoe, really comfortable, well-cushioned. If you're on the road, great. If you go a bit off-road, it works as well. Um, it then has another version we just put in a little bit of support called the Guide, Fantastic shoe if you've just got a slightly lower arch. We're catering for that as well. Off-road, my favourite off-road shoe that we have is called the Peregrine. We had three different versions of that. But with the standard one, again, just covers all bases of actually a bit of road to get to the the great park that I have near me that uh, I like to run in. It covers both surfaces really well. I don't feel like I'm compromised on one uh, versus the other. And again, just... Put the shoes on and i'm not really noticing it's it's uh, a really sort of good thing to, to to not be worried about whether they're going to work whether they're going to stay grippy whether they're going to last etc they just always feel really comfortable don't really need breaking in just put them out take them out of the box and go just talking about the shoes well the question that's come to mind is because you mentioned the pro and the racing shoes obviously over the last 12 months or so one thing that you know people haven't been doing is racing but have you still seen a demand and have you still seen that uptake through retailers for people wanting a light and fast shoe, for instance? Or are people thinking, I'm just going out, I'm ticking over, I need my, you know, my Kinvara or whatever? I think we've seen the the the, the growth of the solo time trial, haven't we, in the last 12 months, mm. uh, which is which is fantastic. People have been really into just not not ticking a box on their run not just getting out for half an hour see how it goes that does happen and that's absolutely fantastic um but there's this other mindset of of talking faster and being quicker and the shoes have have helped that despite no races but people are racing themselves people are improving we obviously call them personal best but they're, they're, they're trying to get better they're trying to get quicker 
they still want to be ready for when the races return, which, fingers crossed, we are very close to, because I think we all want to, to get out there and run with someone else, let alone let alone a few hundred other people. Um, it does, it, 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 we were worried when we, we launched this shoe in the first lockdown at that price point, and we'd, uh, we'd announced it the previous December of 2019 at the, the, the running event in Austin, Texas, and there was a lot of a buzz about it. That was still going in February uh, of 2020 when the, uh, the USA Olympic Marathon Trials happened and we had uh, an African Molly Sedell finishing second and qualifying for the Olympics uh, and running in the Endorphin Pro. Mm-hmm. And the buzz just then kept on going and kept on being, uh, kept on accelerating. So we were worried that a June launch would, with races cancelled, but no, people are people are still keen. They lo- they just like the feel of uh, of a of a carbon plated shoe, which is I'm sure there's a follow up question coming here about about that. But that makes them feel good. They enjoy running quicker. And uh, whilst we're a brand that that celebrates health uh, community, we also celebrate performance. We're not afraid to talk about running faster. That is great, and um, I think that that's you know one of the things that you know. Every runner needs a challenge, don't they? And if, that's, if they can't pin a number on, then they're going to go and run down their local streets or park or their local 5K, you know, as you say, time trial. So, and why wouldn't you wear a nice quick pair of shoes? We can't therefore touch on what you've just said, Gareth, without um, touching on the footwear debate, let's call it that, and talking about the carbon shoes that are out there these days. Putting that to one side, we'll let them all have their, uh, their heated debates on Twitter. What are your thoughts on that and how um, also performance for instance like road and track world records being affected and what kind of conversations if we can get into a few nuggets that go on within the marketing department within say Socony what sort of conversations go on around that well first of all obviously the shoes do make a difference there's no doubt about that yes athletes still train super super hard but there is the shoes make a difference I don't think I can vouch for that in my in my own times running a loop of, of my local town that I put these on that there's something to be had there so I think we need to get back to celebrating racing not not chasing times um not chasing pacemakers necessarily at diamond leagues we need to get back to two people four people eight people in a race on a track thousand people in a half marathon racing each other and that's that's when you there's no no obvious advantage. We're not worried about whether they're running or assisted with this and somebody 10 years wasn't. We need to um, to enjoy racing the same way that football matches against two teams. And if there was a new boot and they're all wearing it and can all do good things, great. We'd, we'd enjoy that. We would, we would celebrate that. Um, there, there are, there are arguably some limits. I mean, they have been imposed on how many carbon fiber plates you can't you, it's not the right to just keep on going uh, uh, shoes perhaps with a triple carbon plate do take it too far and at Stockton we took a i think we took a safe middle ground you know only the pro has the carbon plate doesn't have multiple plates it doesn't have a, a, a ridiculous uh, height in the midsole there is an advantage but it's a safe middle ground that it makes the shoe gives the shoe a much wider appeal uh, and it's um, it's something that we're very comfortable with uh, in in selling and uh, advocating and supporting. 
I'm sure that you'll be aware, Gareth, that sustainability is really becoming much more prominent in product manufacturing for brands, not just in running shoes, but across all sorts of uh, consumables out there. What are Socony doing in this field? Yeah, it is coming important. It's getting asked about uh, a lot, particularly by retailers who are uh, keen to know, keen to understand. So, um, well, first of all, we have a, a new shoe coming out on the original side, on the on the fashion side, which is um, uh, completely biodegradable. So we actually, the CEO has tested it in her garden over the last couple of years to check this. Um, it's called the Jazz Court, and we, we, we use the slogan 0% plastic, 100% original. So we're looking forward to that launching uh, next month. No, sorry, later this month. Uh, we're excited about that. As far as um, the tech shoes, the running shoes, we've, we're constantly improving the recyclable elements of each shoe we, we have a, a timeline that we want to hit based on different parts of the shoe so um midsoles outsoles, laces etc each component uh, is slightly easier or slightly more difficult to make uh, recyclable uh we're getting there on that we are fully recycled boxes we're reviewing whether we carry on putting paper inside the shoes which is quite important to hold the shape but are there alternative ways we are um looking at um even down to printing catalogs for retailers which we you know we've always done and the retailers say they want it but that's even coming uh, to a point where this coming selling season we won't do that for the first time um we support uh, a number of retailers with their shoe recycling schemes as well. So in particular, up and running runners need uh, and the running works in London. Um, we support that. Shoe recycling is is a very difficult process. And I think all those stores are actually ended up obviously sending their shoes abroad to a particular plant. There isn't the technology in the UK, but it, it is something that's becoming uh, expected. And we're obviously we want to support it. Ultimately, all top, all these big shoe brands will become very accountable towards it. They'll need to be explaining what they're doing, um, be it recycling or even the other part is a bit where the shoes are vegan friendly as well, um, which is again increasingly seeing that getting asked on social media that that question. So, um, yeah, it's 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 driven by the states. It's been you know, supported globally as a campaign, and we looking at absolutely every aspect of the business. It doesn't ultimately come down to just the shoes being recycled. It's every aspect. Yeah, really interesting and good to see that you're doing that. Looking at the website and looking at, you know, the the way that um, Socony portray themselves in the community, shall we say, um, you always get that feeling, you know, they are very much a community brand. That's what I get when I look at the website, which is really interesting. Um, it's a big word in running these days, of course. Socony really seems to concentrate on that in their... I suppose their storytelling and their runner interactions. Yeah, we've just launched um, uh, one particular campaign. So we, we've had this hashtag, which is called Run for Good, for, for a little while now. We're we're doing a lot more this year to explain that and bring it to life. And we just launched last week um, a, a sort of partnership with an author called Dr. Rachel Ann Cullen, who's uh, written, written the book Running for My Life, and uh, a follow-up called Midlife Cyclist. Rachel writes about herself and how running helped her. And she's she's very honest, uh, explains everything that running has done to help and not help her when she became injured. And 
what she's doing, what 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 sort of then excited me about working with her is that her next book, her third book, is where she's writing on behalf or about other people. So she's given them a platform to talk about their own experiences about running, uh, uh, particularly in regards to, to to mental health. And those people then obviously they're helped by telling their story. I think lots of people will resonate with that. Uh, we're we're supporting it by giving pretty much anyone a platform not just the people in the book a chance to speak and to talk about running how it helps them or where they made, made mistakes where they thought running could do certain things and it didn't and when they changed something that it helped so i think people who don't run have a perception that it will help them in certain ways so they think it will make them fitter which it does I think they'll be able to uh, run for longer distances which it does but then it does other things that we don't know until we actually try the hobby so i find i, f- I think one of the surprises was friendships through running a lot of my best friends are from running um from training together if i go out for running in the morning i focus better during the day i didn't necessarily know that would happen when i took up the sport um but i focus for longer better I, my, my my brain works better throughout a whole day if i've got out and and uh, not necessarily seeing the sunrise. It doesn't have to be quite so uh, gallant. But I just did my uh, 5K, 6K, something like that. And uh, and we want to explain that. We want to explain some of the benefits of running that you may not know about if, before, if you've not taken up the hobby. So, yes, we've just had a conversation about going quicker, running as fast as you can. But we're also, as a brand, supportive of anyone who's just thinking about taking up running and needs a nudge as it were needs a little bit of a little bit more support the other part uh we're looking at supporting with run for good is community and we are about to again announce a a really big tie up with a a national uh, charity that does um does tasks through running so potentially running somewhere picking up litter, running back or um, running past a chemist, picking up someone's prescription, dropping off at their house. So it's combining running with uh, good deeds as it were. We're, we're just, we haven't quite announced it yet, but this will come fully to life very soon. So I'm not going to mention the name, but um, we're very we're very excited about that because this is a company that will just allow us to, to help so many more people when we support them. Well, we like exclusives here, Gareth, and uh, that, uh, but you've, you've teased me nicely there. But uh, I look forward to it. Don't worry, we'll be keeping a close eye on it, and of course, keeping a close eye on the uh, Sockney brand because, uh, as a runner myself, as somebody who's in the industry, who's you know been in the industry a while now, you know, you do seem to be one of those brands that the right DNA, the right heart, you know, for the running industry, and of course you wouldn't be in the business if you weren't trying to make a few quid or dollars because that's what it's all about. But I think you're doing it in the right way and it's great to see. It's the brand I wanted to work for. I ran in, uh, I had the Kimbara when it first came out 12 years ago and I got very excited about it. It's, it was my favorite brand as a runner for a long time um, before I came to this company. So a lot of what I say is based on far more than three years of, of working here. It's a nice way to round off before we get into this last question. The sport of running, it's developed so much since the early days of not only the Sockney brand, but also with the running boom, I suppose, including disciplines and what the consumer demands and needs when it comes to footwear and apparel. I suppose if you had a crystal ball, Gareth, where do you see innovation coming in the future? And what will the direction be for Sockney over the next few years? 
Oh, well, I think we, we need to grow carefully, don't we? We need to be, uh, don't need to be scaring runners about what, uh, what might happen to their rocket power shoes. <laughs> I think, uh, I think we're on a path that's going to carry on for a little bit. I think we're in a, a, a good phase of, uh, of shoe development. I think better ways of, um, customizing shoes a little bit more i don't know if we're all going to have 3d printers in our house making shoes but uh ultimately it's got to be a possibility that we could get something not just the insole but the entire shoe completely tailored to our foot and this is not a socket exclusive because we haven't got 3d printers coming out to people's houses right now but i think the sport will remain consistent we we're still i can only see part run growing which and ultimately it it was an idea based around something people didn't say they wanted. No one was pushing hard for Saturday morning 5Ks, yet when they came and they turned up locally and you gave it a go, you realised you loved it. Um, so I think we are going to carry on growing through people who innovate, people like Paul Sinton, who are it too, um, just have a great idea and have a, the platform and the, the means and the, the, the ability to, to to make things to work for us to then try and to realise that we all love it. I know that if you keep doing what you're doing, Gareth, uh, there's a bright future, certainly for uh, for Saucony. And I think that, you know, the fact that you've brought all of your experience all those years and you're kind of now funneling it or channeling it into uh, all the efforts there, it seems, it seems quite right to me. Uh, I'm going to put you down as one of the good guys in the running industry um, and obviously a good guy for us because you've, been uh been a great contributor and um, i've really enjoyed talking to you guys good luck with everything over the next few years with Saucony, and yeah we'll be watching with interest thank you for having me on and appreciate your time so that's it for another running industry podcast and our brand spotlight focusing this week on Saucony. Good luck to Gareth and all of the Saucony team in 2021 and beyond. I'm grateful as ever to everyone who tunes into the show. And over the coming weeks, we've got some amazing guests from ultra running greats to coaches and brand owners. Thanks as ever for listening. And remember that reviews and ratings always help the running industry podcast in gaining exposure. So it would be great if you could give us a rating and a review And of course, make sure that you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow us on social media via at Run Industry. A quick mention again that we'd be really grateful for any support via Patreon. Links are in the show notes and on the website at runningindustrypodcast.com where you can catch all of the episodes of the show. Keep listening, keep spreading the word and we'll keep making the podcast. I'm Matt Ward, and the Running Industry Podcast is an Amplify production. Thanks for listening, and until the next time, goodbye.